I know for a fact most of the people here are not going to do this, but I'm hopeful that a few people listening will take up this strategy because it works so well. And because so few people are doing it, then you're really going to stand out. Welcome to The Resilient Recruiter. This is your host, Mark Whitby. I apologize for any background noise. We are social distancing, so the whole family is at home today. I'm sure you'll understand, maybe you are in the same boat. I'm trying something new for today's podcast. Instead of an interview format, I'm sharing a presentation that I delivered last week at the Recruiting Firm Owner Summit, hosted by Mike Gionta. I spoke about my system for generating warm leads via LinkedIn, and the feedback was so positive that I decided to share it with you, my loyal podcast listeners. This isn't a change of direction. I've got lots more interviews with successful recruitment business owners coming up. My podcast producer has encouraged me to mix things up and share my own content on this podcast from time to time. I hope you like it. All right, everyone. I'm honored to have uh, Mark Whippy with us again. Uh, Mark and I met over a decade ago, um, very like-minded in kind of our approach both to marketing and the recruiting business. And Mark is one of the world's leading coaches for the recruitment industry and hosts the Resilient Recruiter podcast. So it's you can get the link there to the recruitmentcoach.com forward slash podcast. Uh, he specializes in helping recruitment business owners to escape the feast famine roller coaster and create consistent, predictable placements. And since 2001, Mark's trained over 10,000 recruiters in 34 countries and has over 100 recommendations on LinkedIn. His website has documented case studies of helping owners increase billings by 30 to 300% in 90 days. Uh, so again, uh, it's recruitmentcoach.com is the website and recruitmentcoach dot com forward slash podcast is how you can subscribe to his free podcast. Uh, uh, thanks for um, talking to our audience again this year. Mark, I appreciate it. Mike, thank you so much for inviting me. I always love doing your event. It's uh, I've consistently heard excellent feedback over the years. Um, so so thank you. And uh, thank you to everyone who's tuned in today. We're going to be talking about how to generate warm leads via LinkedIn. And look, before I dive into that, uh, I think I just need to acknowledge this has been such a strange week with COVID-19 pandemic, the volatili volatility we're seeing in the stock market. And I got to be honest, if you're not worried about a global recession, you should be. And that's not me being negative. I've been here before in 2008, 2009. And I'm getting a horrible feeling of deja vu. And, and the difference is that now I know what to do. And it's basically what I'm about to share with you today. Last time, the recession caught me napping and I almost went into business. It was June 2008. I lost three out of my four biggest clients and more than 50% of my income overnight. And so that's pretty scary stuff. And if you were around at the time, you you know I'm sure you can relate to that. I had a mortgage. I had two kids. I had a third on the way. I was I was scared out of my mind. And I had made the classic mistake of having too many eggs in one basket or too few baskets anyway. And I was also coasting. I was relying too much on repeat business. And you know, I was I was devastated at the time. I'd already invested seven years of blood, sweat, and tears to build up my business and was making a good six-figure income, 
you know, running this training business for the recruitment industry. And I felt like I was having to start all over again. And my confidence took a massive hit. And, you know, it, it felt horrible, but it was actually uh, a blessing in disguise. It was possibly the best thing that could have happened from a business perspective. Yeah, out of desperation, I had to really scramble and f- learn everything I could about business development and digital marketing. And, you know, it's not easy because there's so much conflicting advice about online marketing. It's easy to get confused and feel overwhelmed. But I'll tell you, when when your back is against the wall, you just have to push through and make it work, right? So I made tons of mistakes, but I eventually figured it out. And so today, apart from referrals, 100% of my business comes from digital marketing, including the exact process I'm going to show you today is where I get about 20% of my, my clients currently. Um, so, you know, listen, in, in 2008, uh, I wasted weeks and months in, in shock and denial, and I didn't react immediately because I just thought it would all blow over. So after going through the five stages of grief, you know, denial, anger, depression, et cetera, um, I did eventually turn things around. But my recommendation Of course, nobody really knows what's going to happen, right? But my recommendation is act as if, you know, tough times are coming and take massive action. Don't don't hesitate. Don't pull back to regroup. Charge forward with even, like with total commitment and sell as if your family's financial security is at stake. Because really the only way to uh, deal with adversity is to you know, increase your commitment, right? And of course, adopt more intelligent strategies, but you need to sell and market your way out of a recession. So I'm personally doubling my Facebook ad budget. Every week I'm adding and refining lead generation, lead nurture and lead conversion processes and systems. I'm experimenting with new technology. I'm working with a fantastic coach. Um, You know, so sure, I'm cutting costs. I'm getting rid of everything that doesn't directly contribute to, you know, growing the business, but I'm not cutting investment in my own development and I'm not cutting investment in marketing and and advertising spend. So if you do follow my podcast, you know, I'm a big fan of Stoic philosophy Uh, and Epictetus was a, a Greek philosopher who was the original person to write about focusing on the things you can control and not getting, you know, worried or sidetracked focusing on things that you can't control. So that's what we have to do here. We're going to focus today on the specific actions that you can control. So that brings us to how to generate warm leads on LinkedIn. And I know you're already using LinkedIn every day, but do you have a reliable, repeatable system for turning connections into sales conversations? And by system, what I mean is a sequence of repeatable steps that lead to a predictable outcome. And I'm guessing that you don't because I speak with hundreds of recruiters and 99% of them are only scratching the surface. So sure, we recruiters are good at sourcing candidates on LinkedIn, but most people I speak to are lacking a process for generating a consistent flow of sales appointments with qualified leads. In other words, hiring managers who are booking time in your calendar. Now, Attracting leads on LinkedIn is not something I leave to chance. I've got a system and 
Almost every day, LinkedIn sends me warm leads, and I believe it could work for you as well. I've got other clients using, following the same process. And of course, the results vary from week to week, uh, but typically I'm getting one to two inbound leads per day via LinkedIn. Now, that may not sound like very much. Those are the inbound ones. Um, but do the math over a month or a quarter. And so what would an extra 20 warm leads per month mean for your business, or even 10 for that matter? So we just follow these specific steps I'm going to share with you today. And best of all, once you get it up and running, you can delegate or outsource 80% of it. So my assistant, Rachel, manages this whole process for me. And so there's only a few key bits that I need to personally do. And I'll explain as we go along which steps I personally do and which steps my assistant, Rachel, manages for me. By the way, let me just clarify, I'm, I'm not talking about paying to advertise on LinkedIn. That's a whole different thing. And also, this doesn't require the use of automation tools. I used to use a lot of automation, and I'll explain what I was doing and, and what I, you know, how I do it now. But essentially, I've moved away from automating this process because LinkedIn is cracking down on, they're getting much better at detecting it, and it could get your account shut down. So it's just not, in my view, it's not worth the, the risk. And there's nothing spammy or sleazy. What we're doing is engaging prospects in a very natural way. And we're sparking conversations with, with them that lead some of them to book a call with you. This is still a telephone business. We still need to speak to our customers in order to win business. But it's how we get them to the phone that is evolving. And, and this is a great way of achieving that. Now, this could all be BS and you might, you know, be pretty skeptical. Maybe I'm exaggerating. And if, if we were on a Zoom meeting, I would literally log into my LinkedIn account, show you actual messages, inbound messages I'm receiving from potential clients. But for now, I'm just going to ask that you trust me and judge for yourself once you've heard the content, whether you think this could work for you. So there's five keys that we're going to be covering today, and I'll outline them for you, and then I'll summarize, uh, and then I'll go deeper on each of these key points. So the five keys are, number one, your profile. You need a profile that positions you as an expert authority. Number two is your network. We want to be constantly growing your network, not be satisfied with, you might think you have a lot of connections, and, uh, and maybe you do, but a lot of recruiters I speak to don't, you know, aren't anywhere near their, uh, their potential there of how big they could grow their network. And size isn't everything, but the more connections you have, assuming they are the right sort of connections, they're, you know, your ideal prospects and hiring authorities, then, you know, that's just a bigger community of people that you could potentially do business with. Number three is outreach. These leads are not just going to fall into your lap. You need to proactively follow up with your connections and start conversations with them. Number four is content. And we to position you as an authority, of course, part of that is your what you've written on your profile. But the other part of it is that you're sharing insight. You're sharing content with your community that adds value and that positions you as an expert, as a thought leader, as a trusted advisor. So I'm going to share with you the types of content you should be posting on LinkedIn, how often, and how to do this without it taking up all your time. 
And key number five is engagement. So, you know, there's no point in having a big network and posting out this content if you're not actually engaging with your prospects on here and then, you know, leading them to book a call with you. Okay, so that's the five keys that we're going to be covering today. Now, by the way, I have a short summary of this presentation today with all the examples and all the links. Then, and so if you'd like to get a copy of that, just drop me an email, mark at recruitmentcoach.com, and I'll, I'll send it over to you. So, number one, your profile. Now, there's, there's, there's one prelude to this, which I'm not going to have time to cover today, but which I just need to make clear. The more focused you are on a niche market, the more effective this whole thing is going to work for you. So these five keys will work for everybody, but it really works extremely well if you're focused on a, uh, on a key niche market and rather than being a generalist recruiter, okay? So we don't have time to get in, into that today. If you want help, I can, I can help you identify or redefine your market niche. But um, I'm going to assume that you know exactly the types of uh, customers that you want to work with, okay? So if I was looking at your LinkedIn profile today, what would I see? And this is the question I want to you to ask yourself. Like, look at your profile from the perspective of a, a client or a candidate. Is your profile going to grab their attention, differentiate you from all the other recruiters in your space, make you know, position you as an authority, and make them really feel attracted to you, to make them want to connect with you, to accept your connection request, to um, and even to reach out to you proactively on the basis just of your profile, having never met you or engaged with you, and ask for your help on a search. Okay, because if not, that's something we need to fix. Your LinkedIn profile is should be a lead generation website for you, and that's the way to think of your profile. It's not a resume. Um, it's uh, it's a lead generation website. So that's what we need to think about and. You know, each of these five keys, we could spend an hour just on each of them, but let me give you the, the kind of key points to bear in mind here. Number one is your image. And I know this sounds obvious, but, you know, is this image portraying you in the light that you wish to be perceived? And is it going to build rapport with your potential audience? So, you know, it's obvious to say you want to be making eye contact. You want it to be a high quality image. You want to be smiling. You want to look professional. But, um, you know, people's first impressions of you is going to be based on that image. And uh, so let's make sure that it's representing you effectively. Number two, your banner. So the, the, the space behind your image right at the top of your profile, are you using the, just the default blank banner, this kind of blue one that LinkedIn gives you, or what have you got in there? Because that is prime real estate. We want to make use of that. It's the first thing that people are going to see when they visit your profile. So give some thought to that. Um, ideally, it would be a photograph of you in a professional context, maybe 
working with your team members, maybe you're presenting at an industry event, or even like attending uh, a conference. So if you're going to a conference that is famous in your particular industry, all your clients and cans know that conference, and you are attending, why not get a photo beside the, you know, the sign for that conference? Instantly, what that conveys is people, and by the way, this is not conscious, people are not going to study your banner, but they're instantly going to pick up that you're a specialist in their niche, in their market, right? Because, you know, you're standing by the conference banner. Even better would be, are you, can you get a picture of you speaking to an audience which confers authority and credibility on you? Okay. If you don't have any of that, it can be a photo, you know, it can be a, uh, an image. It doesn't have to be a picture of you, but um, maybe put some text on there with your value proposition and your phone number and your company logo. Okay. So do something with that space. Um, next is your professional headline. And this is, I always think that this is something that everyone already knows. And, 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 you know, if you're already, if you already have this dialed in, then please forgive me for covering the basics, but like nine out of 10 recruiter profiles I look at, they just have their job title and they have their company name. And that's such a, a wasted opportunity because that information, um, your prospective client could care less. It doesn't communicate any value or any benefit just to have your, your job title and your company name. It's not a business card. And besides, it's, that information is further down your profile anyway, if they, if they do care to, uh, to find out more. But that uh, limited number of characters that you have right underneath your image on the, on the profile, that is your professional headline. And you can put anything you want in there up to the character limit. And as here's a pro tip for you. If you find that you need a few extra characters, then if you adjust your headline using the LinkedIn app on your iPhone, then I don't know if it's a glitch or, or what, but you, you actually get more words and more characters to play with. In any case, this is your professional, this is your business pickup line. Think of it that way. Like it should be your value proposition or a statement about who you help, you know, the specific types of um, companies you work with and the results or value that you deliver. Okay, so, you know, there's a whole art and science to crafting your value proposition, which we don't have time to get into today, but let me give you a real quick example. So I did a profile review recently with uh, a recruiter. And um, if, you, if you would like me to review your profile with you, then just drop me a note on LinkedIn and, and we can set up a time to talk. I'm happy to help. Um, in any case, he just had his job title and his company. And I said, so what kind of people do you recruit? And he said, well, I recruit salespeople. And I was like, okay, great. And what types of companies? Software companies. All right, awesome. What type of software companies? Well, SaaS companies, software as a service. And I said, okay, any particular like type of SaaS company? Because I mean, there's thousands of different, even within SaaS, you might think that's a niche market, but really it's not because there's, uh, dozens and dozens of sub-niches within SaaS software. Um, and he said, well, it's, it's across all the, you know, different types of SaaS tools, but it's startup and scale-up companies. It's sort of smaller companies that are growing. And I said, okay, awesome. Now, you know, why are they hiring salespeople? And he said, well, to increase sales. And I was like, right, obviously. But 
how do they measure success? Like what terminology do they use to, um, you know, to, to measure or to, uh, you know, what's the KPI that they look at? And he said, it's monthly recurring revenue, MRR. Okay, MRR, monthly recurring revenue. And I said, okay, <clears throat> so who within those companies do you work with? And he said, well, ideally the founder or the CEO. And I said, okay, so how about I help founders of startup and scale up SaaS software companies to accelerate MRR, okay? So now someone reading that profile from outside that industry would not know what any of that stuff meant, but that doesn't matter because it instantly signals to the people you do want to reach and they recognize that you speak their language, that you specialize in their area. And also, you know, they're gonna be intrigued. Ideally, we wanna put something there that will arouse curiosity. So if you say, I recruit salespeople, okay, big deal, who cares? You know, the client's thinking, oh, I, yeah, I don't wanna to talk to another recruiter. But if you are talking to a founder or CEO about how they can accelerate their monthly recurring revenue, do you think they might be at least curious to find out more? Of course they would. So that is your, your professional headline. Um, your about section, we're not really going to have time to cover here, but I see lots of recruiters who really haven't filled that out. Or if they have, it's like super boring. So you want to use this space to, I mean, this is your opportunity, if they've bothered to actually scroll down further in your profile, it means that they are somewhat interested or curious about you and what you could offer. Okay, so this is your chance to elaborate more on the, the markets you serve, the types of people you place, your track record of success, the results that you've delivered for other companies. You can even name drop companies they will have heard of in, that you've worked with. Maybe put a testimonial in there um, and some kind of call to action, invite them to reach out to you and tell them how specifically to do that. Okay, now this probably sounds pretty obvious, but I see so many people who, who are not doing that. And by the way, the other thing you want to do is tell your story a little bit and show your personality because, you know, we want them to make a human connection with you. Um, I got some feedback about 18 months ago. I was working with a LinkedIn coach and he said, Mark, you're, and I thought my profile was pretty good. I'd already worked hard on it. And he said, Mark, your, your profile is not relatable. I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well, you know, you're talking about all the results you get and you help recruiters to increase their billings by 30 to 300%. But, um, you know, that doesn't, that's not relatable to me. I, I, I'm not connecting with you on a human level here. And that really made me kind of go on a quest to think about how I could tell my story in a way that would resonate with my target audience. Like maybe some of the challenges that I've been through and that I've solved, you know, are similar to the challenges that my target clients might be experiencing. And, and so think about what you can put in there. You don't want to just put random facts like I love dogs and, you know, uh, these are my hobbies. I play golf. I don't think that helps. I think it's telling you know, your story in a way that is relevant to business, okay? So you're not just gonna tell your life story. You're gonna talk more about why you do what you do. So if you've read Simon Sinek's Start With Why, if you haven't read it, it's a fantastic book. So people care more about why you do what you do rather than what or how you do it. So 
the about section is an opportunity for you to start talking about why, you know, you are like, why are you passionate about recruitment? What about your background has led you to, you know, to, to choose this profession? And, and, you know, if you can answer that question of why you do what you do, like, what is the purpose? Then I think people will connect with that much more strongly. Okay. So let's get to the bit that is going to generate the leads. And that is number two is your network. You need to be constantly growing your network. Don't just think about adding connections. Think about building a community of your ideal prospects. This is a proactive process. I'm going to ask you to do it consistently every single day. And so, you know, super simple, two steps. Number one is you're going to search for your ideal prospects using whatever flavor of LinkedIn you have. I use Sales Navigator, but whether you use LinkedIn, the free version or premium account or recruiter or sales navigator, <clears throat> my recommendation is that if you are using a free account, it's worth investing in recruiter or sales navigator. It's going to make your prospecting easier, especially if you're not great at Boolean searches, which I am not, because it gives you more filters and more ability to target exactly the sort of people you want to reach. But this will still work with a free account um, if you know how to how to you know find those prospects. So you're looking for your hiring manager prospects, and um, so I'm going to assume you know how to do a search on LinkedIn, right? We're we're not going to go over that today. The important bit is we're going to send them a connection request, and th there's some important keys to make this work. Um, this is not a sales message. Likewise, by the way, if you're sending connection requests to candidates where you're selling a job in the connection request, stop doing that. It's not effective. What we want to do is connect first and sell later. Okay. So the connection request should be very low key, not salesy. And um, because really we're just inviting someone to, you know, inviting someone to connect. It should be an easy decision for them. It should be non-threatening, non-salesy. And, um, you know, so we're going to say something along the lines of, you know, and by the way, let's just talk about personalization versus not personalization. Um, I have a preference for personalizing the connection request and saying something relevant. Now, this can be templated, by the way, but it should sound natural. So I was looking at your profile today. Um Looks like we we share a lot of um, people in common, and I'd love to connect with you um, in case we can offer value to each other in the future. Okay, something along those lines is fine. If you want to take the time to make it even more personal, then great. Um, the only challenge with that is that then it's more time consuming and it's harder to outsource that and it's harder to scale that. So there's a happy medium. <clears throat> so the ideal would be it's super personalized. But then, like, there's a limit to how many you can send out. Um, the other end of the spectrum is no personalization. If Look, if the personalization is going to be a barrier to just getting this done, it's better just to go uh, through all those contacts that you found in that search and just connect, 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 hit that connect button, you know, uh, 20 or 30 or 40 times if you have to. I think your response rate might be a little lower. So for me, the happy medium is it's a template, but it sounds um, friendly, natural, and non-salesy. 
Okay. And targeted, like obviously mention, you know, um, I'm looking to expand my network of founders and CEOs of SaaS companies to use that example. Okay. So mention some of those filters or some of those things that they will have in common in the template so that they understand that this is targeted. So that's your connection request. How many should you send a day? Well, in the, in the good old days when we could still, um, use automation. I was sending a hundred connection requests per day. I had one client who went to town and he sent 6,000 connection requests. No, more than that, because he got 6,000 new connections in about three weeks. So he went kind of uh, ballistic with the, uh, with the automation tools. You really can't do that anymore. Um, even sending a hundred day, a, a day is now, you know, um, may get a restriction put on your account and then you have to um, go back and, and, you know, grovel a little bit with uh, LinkedIn support and get them to uh, lift the restriction. And by the way, you only get one warning. Okay. So if they put a restriction on your account and then you appeal it and then they'll, you know, they'll, uh, they'll remove the restriction. But um, then if you do it, more than that, then then they're going to restrict it permanently. And if there's um, if there's consistent uh, problems with your account, or you're using automation tools after. By the way, you get a warning with automation as well. So um, if you think, well, Mark, the automation sounds pretty good, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the risk, then you can get you can get away with it if you haven't already been warned about it. Um, but, uh, but I've had the warning from LinkedIn already, so I'm not risking it. So uh, how many should you send a day? 30 to 50 is, um, is reasonable. And it's also like realistic in terms of how much time you want to just have a daily routine for yourself. So every day um, you're sending however many you can manage in, say, 30 to 60 minutes, whether that's 20, 30, 50 connection requests. All right. Now, <clears throat> This is the beauty of the reason we're doing this, by the way, is that think of what you're accomplishing. So when you send someone a connection request and they accept, then what we're doing, like, let's say you're sending out 50 connection requests a day and you're getting, you know, 20 people to accept. That's a 40% connection uh, acceptance rate, which is what we're sort of aiming for anywhere from 30 to 50%. 40% is, uh, is pretty good. I have some clients who get more than that. Um, it depends on how saturated your niche is and, and how good your profile is as well. There's a lot of factors. Um, but uh, I'm getting about a 40% acceptance rate. What you've just done is like you've identified the 40% of those prospects who are the most receptive, Right. Uh, the ones who are willing to engage with you, at least at some level, and, and, and they've demonstrated that through their behavior. They have taken a positive action, which is to accept your connection request. So right away, those are much better quality prospects than the other ones. And they're warmer. So I like to say that connection requests is a new cold calling because, um, you know, in, 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 in my day, and I'm sure in Mike's day as well, we would try and have 30 to 50 conversations a day um, and you know, you had to make 50 to hundred calls to get those, you know, 30 to 50 conversations. So it's kind of like the equivalent, but just in the modern era, you're, you're sending 30 to 50 connection requests per day. Uh, you're hoping to get 20 acceptances 
So that's a hundred a week. So that's a hundred warm leads. Now they're not qual- they're not qualified, although you have selected those people. So they are, you know, that they're the type of person that could give you um, job orders, right? And they're warm because they've accepted your connection request. Now, some people will immediately reply back and ask for your help. So like if you're connecting with a hundred new people a day, what percentage of your market have an urgent hiring need right now? Let's imagine it's 4%, okay? That means four out of those 100 um, are desperate for staff and or they're in a hiring mode. And so, you know, some of those are gonna just drop in your lap. Those are the easy ones. So imagine like that's four a week, that's 20, you know, really warm conversations with people who are hiring right now per month. You're not gonna close all of them, um, but, you know, could you close one out of 10? Could you get two new searches from this? You know, without even going further, we've only just begun, by the way, there's a lot more to this process, but, um, you know, so two or four, two, three, four, five, you know, I, as I said at the beginning, one or two warm leads, like inbound leads without much effort I'm getting per day, you could get the same. So that's the connection part. So three, outreach. Um, although a small number of leads are going to fall into your lap just from that initial effort, um, why would we be satisfied with that? We want to follow up with those connections and start conversations. So, of course, you could call them at this stage, but I like to warm them up a little more. Um, and especially because I outsource this, then, you know, uh, Rachel does this, you know, th- this next step for me, which is um, sending people a message. Now, by the way, recruiters spend a lot of time and effort sending in mails. I think it's a waste of time. Think about this. Who, who sends in mails? The only people that send in mails are recruiters and salespeople, right? Nobody else sends in mails. Uh, so the beauty of connecting first is that now you can message them for free. And so um, you would have a sequence of message templates that you're going to send out in a particular cadence. So the first message you're going to send out within 24 hours is, and, and by the way, this first message, don't make it a pitch. A lot of um, recruiters make that mistake. And as soon as someone connects with them, then they, you know, then they start trying to pitch them. And for that reason, you know, that's causing people not want to not want to connect with recruiters. Now, this is still worth doing and it still works, but I'm just saying don't uh, fall into the stereotype there. Send just a polite note back. Thanks for the connection. You know, look forward to networking with you. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help or if there's anything in my profile that you want more information about. Something like that. Okay. I know I said that fast. Again, it's it's written in the notes. If you if you want it, then then let me know. And some people will reply to that. By the way, at each stage here, you'll get replies. You'll get warm. As soon as someone replies, that's a warm lead. Okay. And you should follow up and book the call. Uh, and there's a bit of an art and a science to doing that, which we'll talk about shortly. But um, if they don't reply, then a few days later, let's send them another message. Uh, coming from a different angle. And so maybe this one, you might want to ask them a question or comment on something in their profile. Um, So, 
you know, again, my, my clients get templates for all of these messages and, and examples, but there's tons of books out there. If you search for um, books on, you know, B2B selling with LinkedIn, I've read all the books and I've taken all the courses already um, and tried to sort of adapt it for recruiting. But, um, but there's some really good books out there. Daniel Disney has a good one called The Million Pound LinkedIn Message, where he talks, he's got tons of scripts and LinkedIn messages there, including one that helped him win a million pound uh, sale. And um, so you, you need to use your imagination, but the key is not for it to sound like a template. And that's really, really important. It should sound like you are a human being who's curious and interested in them and their business, who's, you know, asking them a question and, and uh, trying to spark a, a conversation. Okay. You're going to send the next message a few days later, if they still don't reply, I would by that stage, you know, if they haven't already replied, you might want to um, offer them a call. Uh, another good message actually is a case uh, case study pitch, what I call a case study pitch, where you're saying, you know, Bob, um, I know that you, you know, you're in the XYZ industry. Um, we've helped other customers in XYZ industry, like this company, this company, this company, and you're name dropping their competitors to achieve ABC results. And, um, you know, I don't know if we could help you to achieve similar results, but I figured it's probably worth a quick conversation to explore the possibilities. Um, what are your thoughts? Something along those lines. Okay. So it's not real hard sell. It's not pushy, but you're, um, you're trying to arouse their interest and curiosity by promoting a particular benefit in the form of a case study. And they reply back and say, um, yeah, tell me more or something along those lines. And then you book the call. Okay. But if that still doesn't work, then, you know, offer them a call and say, Hey, I'm, I'm really interested in talking to you. Uh, I think there could be some synergies. Um, we work with companies and helping them to do this, that, or the other, um, when would be a good time for us to, uh, to chat. And, you know, so you're going to have a series of messages here. You might want to send them a, a piece of content. So one, uh, tip that we use with in, in my client um, group is to identify a piece of research that's already been done in your industry. Um, if you search Google for Deloitte and your uh, report and your industry name, or McKinsey or KPMG, you know, or Boston and um, you know uh, Boston Company. Um, or Boston Consulting Group, I should say, you know, then these management consulting firms do research in your sector. They've already done it. And what you can do is just send people a link to the research that's already been done um, and say, hey, I, th I thought this was really interesting. Thought you might find it helpful. Um, you know, let me know what you think. All right. So you're adding value. You're, you're building a relationship and you're offering value before you pitch. I, I should have given you that example earlier. That comes earlier in the sequence, obviously, before you um, before you invite them to a call. Now, let me give you a, a tip for getting a much higher response rate. This takes more time and more courage, okay? So I know for a fact most of the people here are not going to do this, but I'm hopeful that a few people listening will take up this strategy because it works so well in, and um, because so few people are doing it, then you're really going to stand out. And that is to send a video email 
or a video LinkedIn message. So there's tools you can get for free, which um, allow you to record a quick video with either your webcam or your phone. And so the idea is instead of sending someone, instead of leaving someone a voicemail message, you would um, record basically the same thing you would have said in a voicemail. You record that, but on your webcam. And then the, this technology will just um, give you a link that you insert either in an email or in a LinkedIn message. In this case, we're talking about dropping it into their LinkedIn message. And it's a personalized video, especially for that individual, okay? So, I mean, there's lots of tools if you do Google, Google search, but the one I use is called Vidyard, V-I-D-Y-A-R-D. Um, there's another one called Cloud HQ. Um, and there's other commercial services. There's one called BombBomb, B-O-M-B, as in explosion, BombBomb. Um, and uh, this, I've got a client using this and he's getting, he was before using in-mails and he was getting about a 15 or 20% response to in-mails. He switched to doing a video email and he's getting an 80% response rate. Now, eventually everybody's going to be doing this, right? And it will just become the norm. But for now, because so few people are doing it, I mean, think of the impact, like you've taken the time and the reality only takes 60 seconds, but the perception is that you've taken the time and effort to record a message specifically for that person. Plus they get to see you and your personality and, and your professionalism come across in the video and people will respond, try it and see what happens. What have you got to lose? So that is the outreach process. And um, look, do you have to do all of this stuff to get results? No, you don't. So, you know, the 80-20 rule applies. Obviously, the connection request is essential. You have to do that part. And then, you know, sending a follow-up message is essential. Do you have to send like a sequence of five messages with links to content and video emails? No, you don't. But, um, you know, and people go, wow, Mark, this sounds like it's going to take a lot of time. Well, you're already doing business development, right? I, at least I hope you are because, you know, you, we should all be dedicating X number of hours per day to developing your client base. And um, so all you're doing is reallocating some of that time. So if you're spending, you know, four hours a day, you know, every morning, you're, you're cold calling all morning, then, you know, I'm not saying don't do that because, you know, cold calling does still work. And I, I know plenty of big billers who get most of their business from the phone, but why not replace one of those hours with some business development activity on LinkedIn and see, see what you can get for it. Okay, so part four is content. Now, all the stuff we've talked about so far has been uh, proactive, you know, outreach, okay? What we, what we also want to do is start generating those inbound leads where people reach out to you and ask you to connect and ask you for help and ask you for an appointment, okay? <clears throat> now, the only way you're going to do that is by posting content on LinkedIn. And um, by the way, the other advantage of posting content regularly is that once you've connected with people, you know, we need to... We want to be on their radar. We want to be front of mind. We want to be showing up regularly in their um, in their newsfeed so that they just keep seeing your face over and over and over again. And ideally, 
you know, you're saying something that's going to be of interest to them, that's going to resonate for them, and they're going to double click on that and then start engaging with you. Okay. So let me give you some guidelines here. I know we're running short on time. So this is, uh, this is going to be a whistle stop tour. I would encourage you to consider posting once a day. That would be your ideal. You don't need to do more than that. In fact, if you post too often on LinkedIn, all it does, it doesn't give you more traffic to your posts. It just splits your traffic between your posts. So once a day is the ideal. Uh, minimum is once a week. If you're not posting once a week, you're like, uh, you're really losing out. And of course, there's a happy medium. You could do two or three posts a day, but I would suggest once a week, take at least 15 minutes a day. You know, it doesn't take more than 20 minutes, 30 minutes to come up with something really good, but even 10, 15 minutes, you could do it. If I'm going to show you some examples uh, in just a second. So 15 minutes a day, one post a day, and people go, but Mark, I don't know what to post. So look, there's two things. First of all, we need to consider the format, and then we need to consider the actual content. So in terms of format, Again, I'm a big fan of video and I know it takes more time and it takes more courage, but that is where the rewards are. If you're the one who has the courage to do the video and is taking the time to put thoughtful, interesting, relevant, insightful content out there via video, then guess what? You are going to get the attention. You're going to attract the eyeballs and people are going to know you instead of your competitors. So are you willing to put yourself out there and do what it takes. Like, do you just want to be another recruiter on LinkedIn or do you want to dominate your niche and be the thought leader that everyone looks up to or the, you know, the, the expert authority or the, the, you know, you want to take a, assume a leadership role in your community and your ecosystem. Okay, video is a powerful way of doing that. Um, <clears throat> I've got lots of examples. Uh, I recently did a post. You could search for it if you like. I did a post a few weeks ago um, called the top, my top 10 list of recruiters who are crushing it with video. That post, by the way, got 25,000 views. Um, and it's got links to other recruiters who are doing really a really, really good job with video. So look for examples of people who are doing well and what they're doing. I spent a lot of time analyzing what is working on LinkedIn for myself, for my clients. I look at what other recruiters are doing and what other people outside of recruit recruitment are doing, what's getting traction. Video is powerful. However, <clears throat> interestingly, um, in terms of just number of views, text will outperform video. And I know that's, that's the opposite of what I used to think, but from my own experimentation, I can get much more views and much more engagement on a text post than I can from a video. However, do video anyway, because the advantage of video is that people get to see your personality. They get to know you at, on a human level. And, you know, some people are going to think you're an idiot and some people are going to think you're amazing. And that's good because, you know, we, we, we want people to know who you are, what you stand for, um, it, it's better to polarize your audience because you're going to attract your ideal prospects this way. And so put yourself out there via video, show what you know. Um, 
get, you know, share insight and your knowledge. If you've been doing this for a while and you really know your stuff, you know your business and you know what you're doing, then demonstrate that knowledge. Okay. Anyone can say that they're an expert or say that they've got 20 years experience or whatever. Show them what you know and share that knowledge and give value to your ecosystem in the form of, of uh, video. The other thing which you can easily, easily be doing is posting photos. So it could be like every time you go on a client meeting, get a selfie with that client. Every time you go to an industry conference, take lots of photos. Um, if you're asked to present on a panel, at one of these conferences, make sure you have a colleague or a friendly uh, person who's going to take photos of you in that power position, you know, uh, chairing that panel or whatever. Okay, take those photos. It could even just be photos of you and your team members, okay, you know, doing your job or like celebrating a win or, you know, celebrating someone's birthday or a new team member joining your team or, you know, any excuse, take a photo post it on LinkedIn. Those things get a surprising number of views. I did one recently. I was at a client's office doing some uh, non-executive um, advisory work for their directors and also some coaching for their uh, key uh, recruiters. And I just took a selfie with the team, posted out there, tagged everyone in there. It got like 3,000 views. It was super easy. It took me three minutes to post that. Okay. So you can do the same thing. Um, but what I want to share with you is text because there is no excuse. Everybody can do this. It doesn't have to be time consuming. I'm not talking about writing an actual article for LinkedIn Pulse, which is a good idea, by the way. And it, it's great for your positioning because if you've written articles, then that positions you as a, as a thought leader. But surprisingly, the actual articles get less traction than just a status update. So what I'm suggesting is a text-based status update there's no reason you can't be doing one of those a day. And there's a bit of an art and a science to getting traction with your LinkedIn updates. But um, start studying what successful people are doing. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples. One, I just posted one yesterday and it's within 24 hours, I had 38,000 views. And it's more than that now. If you check my, if you go into my LinkedIn profile and look at my most recent post, um, well, if you're listening to the recording of this, then it won't be the most recent, but, um, you know, you will see it because it's gotten so many views and, you know, there's no reason. And that took me about 20 minutes to create that post. Okay. Um, but you know, I, I could share a few examples. Let me, let me give you another client of mine. His name is Lee D'Souza. That's Lee L E E. And then second name, two words, D D E. Souza, S-O-U-Z-A. I hope he doesn't mind me giving him a shout out. Lee, if you're listening, um, I'm giving you it as an example because you're doing such a great job with your LinkedIn content. Um, Lee just puts a text post every day as a status update. He's getting, you know, 5, 10, 20, 40, 50, 80 views sometimes on his content. You might think, okay, Mark, who cares about views? Isn't this a vanity metric? <clears throat> Two things. Number one, um, the way the LinkedIn algorithm works is that if people don't engage with your text, then they don't show it to anyone. Uh, it's funny, a lot of people think that if you post something on LinkedIn, then everyone in your network is going to see it. it. It doesn't work that way. Um, LinkedIn will only show your content organically to a tiny fraction of your audience if, because they want you to pay for reach. Okay, so if you're not paying, 
then they're going to be stingy with their reach. And they base the reach on the engagement. So if they, they show it to a small number of people, if people start engaging, liking, and commenting on your post, then it tells the algorithm, oh, people are liking this type of content. So then they show it to more people, and then you get even more engagement, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whereas if you don't get anyone engaging with your content, then no one's going to see it. Like literally you'll have 50 views, 100 views, 300 views. You're going to get no impact. So you have to design your content in such a way that it's going to get engagement. So what's going to strike a nerve with your audience? Uh, can you post something provocative? Can you post a question that's going to stimulate discussion? Okay. And just experiment and see, see kind of what, what works. If you look at what Lee's posting, it's nothing like earth shattering, but it's thoughtful, it's relevant to his industry, and he's sparking conversations with senior hiring. Now, of course, not everyone's a senior hiring manager on there, and I'm going to come on to that in a second. Some of them are candidates, some of them are randoms that don't have anything to do with you. But assuming your audience is made up of your target market and your content is aimed at that target audience, the majority of the people who engage with your post are going to be relevant prospects. Okay, so it's not just a vanity metric. It causes you to get more reach. And if someone engages with your content, I mean, obviously you're going to look at who's engaging with you. Some of them are going to be potential clients. And now that is the warmest client of all. Not only have they connected with you uh, or maybe they haven't connected with you yet. And that's a great way to introduce yourself to them is by saying, you know, hi, John, um, thanks for your comment on my post today. Thought, you know, we, we might both benefit from being connected. If you, they are already connected with you, it's a great opening for you to say, hi, John. Hey, listen, thanks so much for um, commenting on your post today. Um, what was it in particular that resonated for you, question mark, right? Or what inspired you to, um, to share your thoughts today, question mark? So, you know, something that's going to get a response back and then lead you to a sales appointment with that individual. So real quick, um, last thing is engagement. In fact, that's exactly what, you know, we're talking about when we talk about um, following up on people who are engaging in your content, but also you can engage with other people's content, but you need to do this strategically. So what the mistake a lot of recruiters make is that they treat LinkedIn like Facebook and they just kind of scroll through their newsfeed when they're bored or when they should actually be working and they just respond to whatever catches their attention. We need to be much more strategic and intentional about where we're commenting and where we're liking. So the only real reason to like or comment on someone else's post is if, number one, they're a potential client, they're an existing or a potential client, Okay. Or number two, they are uh, someone who is uh, like, let's say, a thought leader in your industry. So a lot of your clients will be following them. So they have the same audience that you want to reach. Okay. So one of those two situations. So you want to have, you know, keep track of what your clients and your prospects are posting. And number two, keep track of what other leaders in your industry who have the same audience as you are posting. Um, and maybe even what your competitors are posting, because you can chime in on your competitors' posts if they're getting a lot of traction, okay? And so think of it this way, like, let's say it's a potential client. If they've posted something, I mean, in the same way that you love it when people comment on your posts, your clients are human, and they like getting that um, 
feedback as well. So if you want to get someone's attention, post a comment, an intelligent comment on one of responding to one of their LinkedIn posts, and they're gonna they're gonna notice you. They're gonna go, oh, who is this person? And check you out. Okay, then if you follow that up with a message saying, you know, um, hi Bob. Uh, really liked your post today about ABC. Um, and then you ask a question about it. Now you're into a conversation. So that is what we talk about when we talk about engagement. So that's all the time we have today. Um, as I said, you're welcome to, if I do have some notes. They're nothing fancy um, or, or pretty, but just really a short summary of what I've covered today with some of the links and the examples. Uh, feel free to drop me a note, Mark, at recruitmentcoach.com. Excellent, Mark. I was, while you were doing this, I drifted over to your profile, and I, lo- I love in the picture how you, you promote um, your free master class. So go to Mark's uh, profile, by the way, Mark Whitby, and you'll see a great example. There's a picture of him teaching in front of a room. I have a picture, because I was listening, I have a picture of me t- teaching in front of a room, but LinkedIn won't allow you to put a URL there in real wet way, but it'll allow a photo, which is what you did, right, of a URL. Brilliant. Yep, Brilliant. yep. you got it. Marketer. Thank you. For the cap. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. I'm sure there's, I mean, I know that you you know all this stuff already, Mike, and um, maybe there's a few in the audience who, who you know, are doing some or or a lot of what, of this, but, you know, I'm always learning myself and constantly refining and improving, so I don't think anybody can claim to be doing this perfect. It's a constant and imp- uh, constant improvement process. Yeah, I... I- like I really resonated with what you were saying in that, you know, our industry probably more than most lives on LinkedIn. Like where the rest of the world, it's all talked about doing Facebook advertising and face and building a Facebook profile. And there's an you know there's an argument for doing that as a recruiter too, and with a business page and stuff like that. However, we tend to when I, I look at a lot of profiles as you do of recruiters and recruiting from owners, they're mimicking the profile of their candidates. Um, almost like they're mm-hmm. going to be recruited versus using it as a phenomenal opportunity. And I love how you got really specific down into the, like the MRR multi, multi monthly recurring revenue, right? Uh, d- down to that level. That's what's going to make you attractive because the right person is going to see you and go, Oh, he can help me or he can help me either. You got it. Or he can help me with, and here's like, here's the argument. Like you said, part of it is what you said. People go, well, I do more than just that. It's almost like, I'm sure you've met business coaches in your network and they go, well, I coach all kinds of small business people. So I go, just like you said, recruit salespeople. Uh, I go to a coach's page and I'll go small business coach with entrepreneurs. And I'm like, okay, yeah, there's a million of those. But like you mm-hmm. and I and a few other people have help recruiting firm owners, you know, get more clients, build their business. Oh, he can help me. And, you know, so. Yes. Go ahead. When I know, I was just going to say, if you try and market to everybody, you end up selling to nobody. Um, it's much better. Yeah, it's much better to you know. Whenever people say, oh, "I don't want to like niche too much because um, I don't want to lose business," the reality is the opposite. You will gain more business by being focused and specific on the types of. Um, either the functional area or the types of uh, industries that you serve. Exactly, because 
it's going to be rare that somebody's going to stumble on a vague profile where they don't, where they already are already aren't in relationship with you and go, yeah, and a vague profile. I think he can help me. They're going to wonder, and it's going to take, you know, seconds as they move on, right? Versus you kind of jumping out of the page and grabbing them by the shoulders going, I work with people just like you. Exactly. People are so attention, like time poor that attention is the the precious commodity that we're all going after is trying to get people's attention. And the only way to do that is through relevance. If what you're saying is directly relevant to them, their brain will bring it to their attention. But we filter out so much of what we encounter on a day-to-day basis because we just don't have the bandwidth to absorb all the information that's coming at us. So we just ignore most of it. And we only pay attention to things that we think are important to us. They're going to either help us to achieve something we want or to avoid a problem that we have and everything else we just delete. Exactly. And the litmus test for all of you who might be like sitting there with a question mark above your head, pay attention to your own online attention span when you're not doing hard research on a very specific topic, when you're kind of drifting or maybe you got led to like, like Mark, my in your profile probably show up, you know, people also looked at, right. And if you click on that person, are you going to spend a lot of time uh, on that profile? If you click on it, no, you're probably going to be ADD and unless something grabs you, you're going to move on. So pay attention to your own and then imagine, you know, the term I use and you kind of use the, uh, the same concept in different words, Enter the conversation going on in that person's mind when they're stumbling upon yeah. it. What's going to make them go, I think I need to connect with this person. Exactly. I agree 100%. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, please do leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe because I plan to publish more frequently during this time of uncertainty. This crisis will surely pass, and until then, we need to stay positive and support each other. This is truly an opportunity for us all to step up as leaders, to provide hope, guidance, and empathy to our families, our employees, our clients, our candidates, suppliers, and everyone whose lives we touch. Until next time, stay healthy. 